showed him no mercy, taunting him throughout the game with chants of MVP. That's J.R. Reed at the free throw line. J.R. Smith. J.R. Sorry, Jerry, J.R. Smith at the free throw line. J.R. Ewing. <laughs> with the Golden State Warrior crowd chanting MVP because he <laughs> screwed up the other night. That is awesome. Wow. That's mockery. It's cruelty. That's I won't some, have it. That's some pretty good mockery. And and he said what players usually say, oh, just, it's just a sign of respect with the opposing team, you know. And they, Yeah, usually. Usually it is, J.R. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and normally heckles would probably be effective against people, but J.R. Smith seems to be the type of oblivious person that, hey, hey, they like me here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll get to this later. A man claims he traveled from the future, and uh, his time machine broke, and he just passed a lie detector test with wow. that story. So he traveled to us from the year 6491. 6, <sighs> wow. His time machine broke, and he is stuck here. That's crazy. Well, it would be impossible to get parts. <laughs> no? Yeah, it would. It's probably one of those foreign jobbies. You go back to the year, you know. Can't get an alternator for it. 1104 and try to get an alternator. Good luck. Hmm. You should have thought of that. So there you go. Pass the lie detector test, so it must be true. Yeah, it must be true that lie detector tests are silly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's funny. I, uh, I don't want to do the entire show as a reaction to other media, but there are times that it feels semi-necessary. I think we ought to get back into the whole Rudy Giuliani making the rounds, saying Trump uh, can pardon himself and uh, writes the laws himself and can't uh, be prosecuted and the rest of it, because it's being widely misinterpreted. But that will still be a big story in 15 minutes and an hour and, and tomorrow. And this gay cake thing, I think, will probably come and go. It's a major breaking news. I didn't realize it even it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. The whole decorating cakes for gay weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it was a narrow victory, but a seven to two victory. It was a narrow ruling <clears throat> that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and their Supreme Court were wrong in saying that the baker couldn't refuse to make a uh, to decorate a cake. For gay fellas. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything about the law. It just seems odd to me that the government could compel you to make a cake for someone, period. <laughs> I mean, just... Right. And then you say, yeah. well, what about denying black people staying at your hotel? I'm, my answer as a guy who doesn't know anything about the law would be, that's different. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> and that is uh, that's known as the uh, the Armstrong Doctrine. Um, the Essentially, the court ruled, and two of the liberal justices, I think it was um, Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan, said, and and Kennedy, Anthony Kennedy, wrote the decision, the commission's hostility was inconsistent with the First Amendment's guarantee that our laws be applied in a manner that is neutral toward religion. The outcome of cases like this, oh, um, well, the next part is just saying, so, uh, you know, we're just saying the the cake guy's fine. Uh, Go back to banking cakes for the straight folks. Uh, in terms of like uh, carving candles or or designing sparkly T-shirts or festive hats, we're not deciding that. We're just deciding about cakes. We're done here. We're wiping the icing off our hands and going back to our work. But just to make a clear, very no, narrow ruling, you don't have to make you don't have to make a cake for a gay couple if you don't want to. Nope. Um, but what would you have to? Uh, 
I don't know, make them a pot pie. Something that's not artistic. He, probably so. And it has to do with what's a commodity and what's not. A commodity is, uh, you know, long and short, it's interchangeable with anything else like it or or close enough. Um, you know, a, uh, a, a can of Coca-Cola is a commodity. A beautifully decorated cake that costs you $3,000 is not a commodity. That's an individual good. Who's getting a three thousand dollar cake? I haven't guided. I got married a long time ago. I know they're expensive. Ours was a gift from a guy, friend of ours, who went to uh, chef school. Ah, I don't know what it would have cost. I'll have to ask him sometime. It would have been expensive, but I have no idea. I Somebody price wedding cakes. I would have guessed hundreds of dollars. Well, we have some of the uh, the testimony, the questions and answers from the actual uh, oral arguments. Uh, positive Sean is dialing them up if we're ready. We'll, we'll do the old uh, stop and go. The First Amendment prohibits the government from forcing people to express messages that violate their religious convictions. Yet the commission requires Mr. Phillips to do just that, ordering him to sketch, sculpt, and hand paint cakes that celebrate a view of marriage in violation of his religious convictions. The speech is of the people who are marrying him, perhaps the officiant. But who who else speaks at a wedding? The artist speaks, Justice Ginsburg. It's as much Mr. Phillips's speech as it would be the couple's. And the makeup artist? No. What the court would ask... Quote an artist, the makeup artist. And wh- why, why wouldn't that person or the hairstylist, why wouldn't that also count? Yeah, stop because it right there, not- Joe. Answer the question. I think it might. Makeup artist. Can she say, I'm not doing makeup for a gay wedding? This is my art, which is my speech. That's a really interesting question. I don't yeah, know. Then hairstylist, then shoe shiner. Next thing you know, well, okay. marrying dogs. Shoe- <laughs> Adam Are we Steve. taking calls already? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the shoe shiner, I think, is clearly a commodity. Um, the makeup artist, that's an interesting one. Uh, again, why would you want to compel them to do that? Okay, I'll hire somebody who's not a bigot. Get out of here. Right. Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to give my money to somebody who agrees with me. And, uh, you know, it's, I realize it's theoretical in my world as a straight guy, but I, I've actually heard this expressed by plenty of gay people that I'm not going there. I don't want your cake. The last thing I want to do is make force you to make me a cake, and then I have to pay for it. If you force them to make a cake, they're going to blow a hawker in it. <laughs> There's... You just know that's going to happen. That's the corollary to the Armstrong principle there. Do we have more? Because it's not speech. And that's the first trigger I mean, point some people might say that about cakes, you know? Political, religious, and moral opinions shift. We know that. And this court's dedication to compelled speech doctrine and to free exercise should not shift. Counsel, the problem is that America's reaction to mixed marriages and to race didn't change on its own. It changed because we had public accommodation laws that forced people to do things that many claimed were against their expressive rights and against their religious rights. I think that's Sonia Sotomayor who voted um, in the minority, the tiny, pathetic, two-judge minority. So she's uh, against the ruling. So she's saying the making the cake is the same as denying a black person staying at your hotel. Yeah, or, or for that matter, denying a black person a wedding cake. Although 
As far as I can tell, there's no legitimate religious, can you deny widespread a, religious practice. Can you deny a black person a wedding cake? No, because there's no there's no religious basis for that. It's not an expression of any recognized religious to, belief. Although to, we're getting into weird ground here. Do you have to specifically say it's because of religious you can't reasons? Just be, I don't yes. want to. You can't just yes. be against gay marriage for uh, just on your own. Well, uh, no, uh, and and here's where we're getting into Weirdsville, which is uh, you know a lot of a lot of the efforts to make government give us a utopia. How about and, a fat end guy? up in Weirdsville? How about if I go in and they say you've had enough cake? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and you have. No, how about a uh, you got uh, you remember those two morons who who named their kids Nazi names? Right. Yes. W- what if the two of them? I don't know. Maybe they broke up. The pressure of being idiots and Nazis <laughs> got to them. Nazi but, Germany. But after spending some time apart, they realize you know we really do love each other. I love you. I love you too. And they decide to get remarried. But they want a swastika themed wedding cake. There you go. Now that's not a religious belief. It's a it's a political stance. Nazism, fascism, etc. Yeah, you clearly, clearly are, cannot be compelled to make a Nazi cake because you find it repugnant, morally and politically repugnant. So that's a free speech to, issue. I'm hawking a loogie in there. If you leave a piece of cake in here, when you come back in, you will not see cake. <laughs> Nazi cake. I get it. <laughs> no, back, no. Back to the testimony for another moment or two. If you prevail, could uh, the bakery put a sign in its window, we do not bake cakes for gay weddings? Uh, Your Honor, I think that he could say he could, does not make custom-made wedding cakes for gay weddings, but most cakes and you would not, not cross the threshold. you would not consider that an affront uh, to the gay community? Uh, Your Honor, I agree that there are dignity interests at stake here, and I would not minimize the dignity interests to Mr. Craig and Mr. Mullins one bit. But there are dignity interests on the other side I'm here, so too. So when you force a speaker to both engage in speech and contribute that speech to an expressive event that they disagree with, you fundamentally transform the nature of their message from one that they want to say to one that they don't. People pay very high prices for these highly sculpted cakes, not because they taste good, but because of their artistic qualities. That's true. I think the more important In fact, I have yet to have a, a wedding cake that I would say tastes great. I disagree with that. Suppose we thought there was a significant <laughs> or the wrong aspect weddings. of hostility to religion in this case. Could your judgment stand? Uh, Your Honor, if, if, if there was evidence that the entire proceeding was begun because of a an intent to single out religious people, absolutely that would be a problem. We don't doubt the sincerity of Mr. Phillips' convictions, but to accept his argument leads to unacceptable consequences. A bakery could refuse to sell a birthday cake to a black family if it objected to celebrating black lives. A corporate photography studio could refuse to take pictures of female CEOs if it believed that a woman's place is in the home. Hmm. All right, so listen, I think where we arrive at this case is, you know, one of our cherished principles around here, the idea that you don't have the right not to be offended, that people's legitimate rights and interests sometimes bump up against each other in a way that's uncomfortable, and that's part of liberty. That's part of freedom. I'm not happy that these... uh, Gay fellows didn't get their cake. Of course, they went next door and got a perfectly beautiful cake. Um, but occasionally, you're going to have somebody whose religious beliefs uh, are kind of a pain in the ass to you. And if it begins and ends with, 
them either making a custom-made cake or not making a custom-made cake, you err to the side of, okay, we're not going to force them to do that. And everybody moves on with their lives. I, I understand... Y- y- I understand the reason for the constitutional amendments and our various anti-discrimination laws, and I, I cherish them. But at the same time, if you try to cover that last 10%, and that's an arbitrary number, 10, 15% of people offending each other, if you try to get the Supreme Court to eliminate that last 10, 15%, we're going to end up in a totalitarian system. Some stuff you just have to let go. Mm. Uh, how about if you're making like cafeteria style sheet cakes? No work to it. Yeah, sheet is right. <laughs> Please. You couldn't deny that, huh? No. But then all I gotta do is put a little swirl on it and say, huh? Modern art. Right? Look no. at that swirl. Hi right, guys, I'm not giving it to you. You're gay. Nobody swirls it like I swirl it, huh? Cake at our wedding was the best cake I've ever had. It was strong. Now, it was a, strong. A lot of wedding cake is not good. But yeah. Well, it's about the uh, visual, not the, uh, you know, tastiness. To me, it's all That's about the tastiness. Yeah, it is yeah. a mistake. What about uh, your guests, huh? It's not about your ego, baby. It's about your guests. They're hungry. How about keeping your marriage together, gay or straight? Got five myths, I guess, is what it was for that. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm so blessed and so privileged because think about people that have um, mental issues that are not Kanye West that can't go and make that mm-hmm. and make it feel like it's all good. Think about somebody that does exactly what I did at TMZ and they just do that at work, right? I... But then Tuesday morning they come in and they lost they their gone. job. And they can't go back and make that. You know, that's why God put that on me at age 40. I've never been diagnosed until I was like 39 years old and stuff. But like I said, on the album, I said it's not a disability, it's a superpower. Kanye West diagnosed bipolar at age 39. That's a long time to be bipolar and not know it. Yeah. Uh, positive, Sean. I liked your off-air comment. Well, I, it's, it's me personally, as somebody who has no psychological training at all, I kind of pegged him as that way early on in his career. And I think a lot of these things that kind of get dismissed as, oh, that's that's being artistic or that's creative, kind of flirt with these realms of the way that people's brains work. I, I remember in a humanities class, you know, if, if Michelangelo and Raphael, the, the, the Renaissance painters, were alive today, they probably would have been prescribed Ritalin or some sort of antidepressants because they right. viewed the world differently. Well, there's no doubt Kanye is wacky. I think we yes. can all agree on that. So very briefly from the Supreme Court uh, gay cake ruling, then we'll move on to other fair. Um, you know what? We don't have time. I'd rather hear what you have. Okay. But long and short of it is the, the commission in Colorado was wildly unfair, completely unbalanced, didn't for a second take into account the First Amendment, and the Supreme Court said it was a monkey court. A monkey court. Huh. I wonder if that was just their ideology or they just thought we don't want to be the ones that are on the wrong it's side of the gay marriage story. Pretty clearly ideology. Yeah. 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 More on that to come if so, we get time. This is not one of those stupid lists. I kind of thought it would be when I come came across it because you you see this sort of thing in Cosmopolitan or HuffPo or whatever all the time. You know, ways to make your marriage work or signs you're headed for a divorce or whatever. 
Five. You sleep with porn stars while your baby <laughs> lies at home in its mother's arms. So Milani is not uh, attending him on the trips uh, over to Singapore for the... <clears throat> it's a business trip, honey. You'd be bored. Um, this is uh, the Gottman Institute, which I'd never heard of before, but they have been studying marriages and divorces and trying to figure out why, you know, why people get divorced or what, what marriages at last have in common for 40 years, thousands and thousands of couples. That's wow. what they do. And this yeah. is what they say they've uh, come across or figured out through years of doing this. 40 Everybody years. Everybody should know this. Yeah, no kidding. Who gets hitched. Mm-hmm. It's a long-term relationship. Myth number one, and they and number one is about the biggest one, common interests keep you together is a mm. huge myth, according to them. And we were talked about this a little bit last week as I was, all these dating sites, it's like the number one way they put ways together. And I was saying, you know, like my 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 best friends and stuff like that, or I know lots of people are married, don't like the same music, don't like this, the same, but for whatever reason, we have a connection. It helps to have some, definitely, but it's not like you have to be anywhere near across the board. But uh, they said that they're, uh, the examples of uh, marriages that have lasted, that's, that's not, not the thing. Um, a stronger predictor of compatibility than shared interests is the ratio of positive to negative interactions. Their point is that you could be doing something you both really like kayaking, but if you both criticize each other for the way you do it, <laughs> it doesn't make any difference that you both like kayaking. That is a good illustration. Uh, a stronger predictor is the ratio of positive to negative interactions, which should be 20 to 1 in everyday situations. Who's keeping track? Um, maybe I'll start they are track. at the Gutman Institute. <laughs> 20 to 1 positive to negative interactions mm. in your marriage. I don't know if anybody actually sits down and keeps track of that. Oh boy, no. we've had we've had two negative interactions already today. We oh. need forty positive before the sun sets. You're looking nice today, honey. Thanks. That's one. Click. Myth number two: Never go to bed angry. Um, that's always seemed kind of odd to me. Anyway, I get the intent of it, although a little life experience has taught me sometimes let's just leave it alone. You wake up in the morning, you think, "Why was I mad about that?" Right. Let's let's not keep grinding away if you'd have tried to solve it when you wake up the next morning and think i don't even care if you'd have tried to solve it while you're both tired or mad or dug in or drunk or whatever right um you might have split up over it yeah wow that's a good one. myth number three couples therapy is for fixing a broken marriage they uh they say that successful marriages go when things are fine but just to uh maybe op- help open lines of communication or whatnot yeah, you know, I've we've talked about it, Judy and I, and, and I think maybe we will at some point because the empty nest is such a big transition. But, you know, Tiger Woods gets golf lessons. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I've always thought of it like that. The point of counseling is not to salvage a bad marriage or sort out trauma. It's about revealing the truth about a relationship and where you are in it. What if I can't handle the truth? Yeah, it's going to be tough then. Uh, maybe we'll hit you with the other two coming back. Hope your marriage doesn't split up before we get time. Or just this, uh, go to separate corners and be cool until we're back. <laughs> Stop Facebooking old boyfriends and girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, just give it a minute. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, not going away. Trump keeping the debate about possible presidential pardoning powers alive this morning. You got the West Coast exodus. It is on in a major breakthrough in breast cancer treatment. Wow, that's a big slate of news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that breast cancer thing is big. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Gentry. 
Um, so I know you're going to get a whole Trump pardon thing. Yeah. He pardoned some people last week. Yeah. Did he actually pardon him or just talk about pardoning him? No. Uh, he didn't pardon Martha, pardon Martha Stewart no. and Blagojevich. No, but the uh, conservative Dinesh D'Souza, he did. Yes. So as I heard a couple of smart people uh, describing yesterday, Martha Stewart quite possibly was prosecuted because she was Martha Stewart to set an example. You could make the argument that she should be pardoned. Okay. She was. I remember at it the was time, a bit of a grandstand. I remember at the time yeah. people saying she's doing the same thing everybody does, right. but they picked her because maybe that would, you know, whatever. But Blagojevich, I came across this. As a reporter who covered Blagojevich, I find some of today's revisionism jaw-dropping. The State House, led by his own Democratic Party, voted 114 to 1 to impeach. The Senate, oh, 59 to 0 to convict. To convict. Unanimous federal court jury convicted him on 17 counts of fraud, attempted extortion, and bribery. Well, he's not a guy who should be pardoned, according to that reporter. Wow. Wow. That's some good writing there. Yeah, it is. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. And i got to tell you, a lot of people on all sides lit up about presidential pardoning powers today. Trump not letting the debate go this morning. He was tweeting that he has every right to pardon himself. In that tweet, the president wrote, As has been stated, by numerous legal scholars, I have the absolute right to pardon myself. But why would I do that when I've done nothing wrong? He went on to call the Russian investigation a never-ending witch hunt led by 13 very angry and conflicted Democrats and others that will continue into the midterms. It's as if he likes controversy. Now, Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, was on a number of the uh, talk shows over the weekend telling ABC that he confirms a confidential memo was sent by President Trump's legal team to Robert Mueller's office in January, arguing the president cannot be found guilty of obstruction because he has absolute authority over all federal investigation and that Mr. Trump cannot be forced to testify. Now, Giuliani is saying the commander-in-chief probably does have the power to pardon himself, but... He has no intention of pardoning uh, himself, but he probably doesn't say he can't. There you go. Doesn't say he can't. Giuliani going even further, telling the HuffPo the president could have gone ahead and shot former FBI Director James Comey to end the Russian investigation Uh and not be prosecuted until he left office. In that interview, Giuliani claimed Trump's power as president extends so far he cannot be indicted on a criminal charge or even be subpoenaed for questioning. Rudy going on to say, though, if Trump did shoot Comey, he would be impeached the next day. Then the prosecutors could do whatever they want. Well, and listen, his lawyers are trotting out a bunch of legal positions and they're throwing them at, at Mueller's people and then Mueller throw them back and they're arguing about legal positions. This, You know, it seems like it's a statement of policy and position you know, an official statement of our view of the law. It's not. It's lawyers drawn back and forth. The, the idea that you, the first thing you do as a president right. is you vow to uphold and protect the Constitution and the laws of the United States, and, but you could shoot James Comey as part of your job and you'd have to wait till you're out. It's just, there are not a lot of people who agree with that position. No. So, as I mentioned earlier, they've got tears streaming down their face at MSNBC that, Trump has donned the crown jewels, holding a scepter. He's got a red robe or a, what yes. you, a shawl wrapped around him like a king. It's not going to happen. The coronation the, yeah, has occurred, There's Joe. not Nobody agrees with this stuff. I mean, there are shades of it that right. are intriguing, and perhaps someday the courts will rule. But the idea that he gets over, I mean, he shoots Comey, for instance, or, or declares himself above the law or pardons himself, and there's no, uh, there's no uh, backlash, there's no recourse for it. It'll never happen. 
this is all, as Jack has pointed out, a wild set of hypotheticals. The exodus is on. It is real. According to a new poll, nearly half of San Francisco Bay Area residents plan to move away over the next few years. Is there any place else in the country where half the people say they plan to move away in the next couple of years? That's amazing. Maybe that place with the lava in Hawaii. And uh, I was looking yeah. at the numbers earlier. It's up from 30-some percent a 34. couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's 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 jumped a lot. Yeah. That's a high number. God, you can go That's to, an astounding number. You can go to a lot of places. And my, as my brother always says, living in the middle of nowhere in western Kansas, he says there's not one person in this town that has any interest in leaving, and uh, including him. And that that's the way most of the country is. No, nobody's planning right. to leave there. Half the people in the Bay Area planning to leave in the next couple of years. That's wow. amazing. Wow. Number one reason for wanting to move away is the high cost of living, housing, and its availability, and traffic, and the problem with homelessness. The number of homeless people out on the street. Wow. Yes. So that's an emerging issue. Interesting. Heck yes. You know, we yeah. didn't even talk about the story out of Portland. Um, where a guy was stabbed 17 times by a homeless wackadoo because he told him you can't camp here um, right next to his house. So it's just another one of those stories. Yeah, that's wild. That's interesting. I was driving in today, and I looked to my right on a corner where I never looked to my right. I yeah. probably shouldn't because you're going 70 miles an hour, and it's a curve. And, but I just looked to my right under the overpass, and there's a huge encampment there. I'd never noticed it there before. Yeah. What kind of society has that? Whatever your ideology of why why it happens and how to fix it, what kind of a society has that? All these places where you just would not go, it wouldn't be safe to go. It's crazy. And, you know, every everywhere has a certain amount of pride of place. It's just a human tendency. We want to say our place is really good. Right. Um, and it's better than your place and the rest of it. It's why sports teams get such, you know, rooters. But, I mean, there are parts of the world where... You've got to work like crazy. You have an enormous house payment. Mm-hmm. You can barely get by. You have a, a nice enough place to live, but it's fairly modest. Where, you know, 90 minutes away, that amount of money would get you the Taj Mahal. And at some point, people say, well, wait a minute. This zip code is not fundamentally very different from that zip code. Except that that zip code has a hell of a lot less traffic, angry bums, right. and, and I can afford a house. So... It's not surprising. I just, I would love to, well, it's because I'm a geek and I'm boring, but I'd love to hear a, a solid economic analysis of how the Bay Area slash Seattle slash, slash Portland slash San Diego got to where it is and where it's likely to go, because that's not yeah. sustainable forever. Right. Well, no, you've got, a, you've got a serious problem if half your residents say they plan to leave in the next couple of years. That's, that's amazing. Landmark study found that many breast cancer patients do not have to undergo chemotherapy. The research is showing most women with the most common form of early stage breast cancer can skip chemo without increasing the chances of a recurrence. The study, the largest ever done of breast cancer treatment, means most women with early stage cancer that hasn't spread to their lymph nodes and is fueled by estrogen will have to undergo only surgery and hormone therapy and be able to avoid painful and detrimental chemotherapy. It's one of those genetic testing things. Yes. If you have a certain profile, then you don't need the chemo. That's huge. Yes. That's just absolutely amazing. huge. Yeah. One last note. Steph Curry breaking an NBA Finals record with three nines as the Warriors hammered the Cavaliers. He with nine threes. There is yet a nine-point shot in basketball. Some three nine-point shots. Some of his shots. That, that one at the end of the shot clock, kind of one-handed, Jobby, yeah, that yeah. should have been a nine-pointer. <laughs> 
Anyway, the uh, Warriors beat the Cavs 122 to 103 in Game Two at Oracle Arena. Game Three is in Cleveland on Wednesday, and we have a short suit bet between Joe Getty and Positive Sean. It yes. is now in play. All right. Whoever I, Sean says Cleveland will not win a game. I disagree. Another rash bet from young Sean. Loser has to wear a short suit. Not for a week. How about two days? It's okay. ridiculous. Okay, two days is fine. There yeah, you go. You'll look good in it. That's your news. <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Right. We need to finish up those myths of marriage. I'm finding mm-hmm. it very interesting. Yeah, and they're legit. This isn't one a dumb list from a dumb website. No, no indeed. This is an institute that has been studying marriage for 40 years. It's pretty interesting stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So going through these um, myths about marriage from the, what was the name of the institute? The uh, Got something. Got uh, got milk. Gottman. I better look that up. I suppose so I have some credibility because it's very important to me that I have credibility. The Gottman Institute, they've been studying marriages for 40 years, thousands and thousands of marriages. Uh, if you're just joining us, common interests keep you together. That's a myth. It's more about uh, uh, positive interactions around whatever you're doing than uh, than what you have in common. Got to be around 20 to 1. Never going to bed angry is a myth. A lot of times it's a good idea to just let's deal with this tomorrow. Um, couples therapy is for fixing a broken marriage is a myth. It's a good idea to go to couples therapy before it's a... We're trying to fix this broken marriage. Presuming it's a good therapist, of course. And we're on to this one. <clears throat> Affairs are the main cause of divorce. I'd never really heard that myth, but... That's yeah, funny. I hadn't thought that at all. <laughs> I don't think that either. 80% it's a bad of, myth. 80% of... Nobody di- even myths it. 80%, four out of five, uh, divorced men and women who were there was an affair said that they, uh, they had drifted apart and the, the problem was pre-affair. Mm. So they had an affair after a marriage had fallen apart right. is, is the thing so small percentage actually blame the affair for the the divorce so there you go that's pretty obvious isn't it i In think general. most adults get that yeah uh myth number five uh i'd never heard of this either but i guess this, this i could see this being a like a new york thing but um just seems like a sex in the city sort of thing by the way that that the debut of that show was 20 years ago this week wow if you think you're making up-to-date references when you talk about sex in the city, you are not. Mm. Marriages benefit from a relationship contract. That's a myth, according to them. There is no science. <laughs> there's no science to back that up. Apparently, it's a common thing. A relationship contract where you uh, spell out, um, well, whatever you want to spell out in the in the contract, everything from sex to chores to finances to expectations for the future. Uh, for instance, this one couple, they had a, a contract where it was one date per week, a minimum of 100 minutes of alone time, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. And some people think that's a good idea, huh? The problem with this is um, it becomes a uh, competition and you spend a lot of time keeping track of who's following the contract and who's not. And you get focused on that and it doesn't work. 
You got an arbitration clause and a couples. Any need, disagreement will be tried in the state of New York, uh, District Four. Couples need to act in kind and loving ways, intentionally and attentively, as often as they can. Some things cannot be mandated even by a contract. It sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, but it's such a common belief, at least in some quarters, that they consider that one of the myths that they needed to dispel. How yeah. interesting. Yeah, I thought the um, 20 to 1 positive interactions versus negative interactions is what's necessary to keep a marriage together. I, I w- That's a lot of interactions, period, per day. I read also that there are a couple of different personality types. One that has a very strong emotional reaction to positives and negatives, and another personality type that has much less reaction to either one, and that it's better if two people are matched, um, because you're, you know, it's no big deal if I say something cruel to you, person, because it wouldn't bother me that much. I mean, you're hooked up with somebody who has a big emotional reaction to that sort of thing, then you're constantly out of sync with each other, and that kind of fits into that the the twenty to one thing too. Uh, that that may be a variation on that principle, but uh, yeah, that stuff rings pretty true to me. Honey, uh, I'd like to draw your attention to section twenty, uh, clause C, subsection one, uh, discussion of cleaning up the dog's crap. Uh, I need to uh, draw your attention furthermore to the fact that I cleaned up the dog's crap last week and this week. So that would mean March 23rd and 24th, also the weekend of the 31st and the 1st of April, you will be cleaning up the dog's crap. That's not a recipe for a good marriage? Shocking. What's the Kimmel clip? Is that worth hearing there, uh, Sean, as we're in the petering out period? Uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. Kimmel does live shows after the uh, NBA Finals because they're on ABC. Game two of the NBA Finals, the Warriors versus the Cavaliers. Yes, you are watching the same matchup you've watched the last three years. This is not a rerun. (laughs) This is that magical time of the year when NBA players fly back and forth from Oakland to Cleveland like they're (laughs) regional insurance salesmen. (laughs) But this matchup, this series, is a big deal for this network. Other than Grey's Anatomy, Cavs-Warriors is the longest-running drama we have on the (laughs) NBC. They've met four times in a row, don't you see, Mm -hmm. in the finals, if you're not a fan of the sports. So uh, LeBron had his one, uh, what what was the number of 30-point games that he's had? Anyway, surpassed Michael Jordan for 30-point games in finals as he continues to break records, which is just freaking unbelievable. He's unbelievable. His body is unbelievable. He's short only now of the great Jerry West, who played before there were lots of rounds of playoffs. Uh, Was that Jerry West? I think it's Jerry West. Old-timey ball player, again, for those who don't follow sports. Yeah. A.K.A. the logo. That's right. He is the uh, the guy on the NBA logo. LeBron is so built. Oh, yeah. Judy mentioned that. She said, wow, he's huge. Yeah. She said, yeah, he is huge, and he moves like a cat. Yeah. It's a good thing if you're an NBA player. He does look like he's carved out of stone. He also understands the game as well as virtually anybody who's ever played it and has a great shooting touch. Other than that, he's useless. One of the got the uh, bloody eye though. That's unattractive. Can we fit him for a patch, please? <laughs> you know, every shot going into the stands or coming up five feet short. No depth perception, but at least he doesn't. <laughs> at least it's not that off-putting eye. Yeah, we don't have to look upon his bloody eye. <laughs> the uh, the the Celtics coach was talking about how amazing it is that LeBron has uh, not fired me yet. <laughs> the Celtics. 
has, oh, I'm is, sorry, uh, I, I misunderstood. was remarking on <clears throat> how amazing it is that LeBron has done this all with the scrutiny that he's had. Because, like, you know, Michael Jordan got a lot of scrutiny once he was great, but he didn't even make his high school basketball team. LeBron has been on the cover of the Sports Illustrated since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He was seen as the great greatest thing ever since he was a kid. And the fact that he's not just all kinds of a criminal weirdo is is a testament to something. Right. On you his hand, fifth you, starlet wife. You hand whatever. me $90 million when I'm 18 like Nike did him. Oh, my God, have I got stories for you if I'm right. alive. Yeah. Um, and he's kept it on the rails and focused and everything else. It's just it's something. I don't know if he was just raised right or he's just whatever he is. But I'd have made Johnny Manziel look like St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> For big sports and Bible fans. For religious history fans. Awesome. The Bible! Oh, speaking of which, we don't really have a lot of time to get into this, but I don't know, maybe those of you who get the award-winning fourth hour will, will jump into it, but did you read about this um, this carpenter who essentially wrote a diary on who the underside? Who for our sins? Yes, I have heard that story. <laughs> no, this is in the 1880s. He essentially wrote a diary on the underside of boards he was installing as the flooring in a house. And it's one of the most detailed and vivid and troubling accounts of life in the 18th or in the uh, 19th century that we have. I want to hear about that. It's crazy. That is awesome. Yeah, that and many other things including Trump's attempt to become the king. Declare himself the arbiter of all laws or something. He's uh, shredding the Constitution. Are we going to pretend this is actually a problem again? Some networks are. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.